On this week's episode of the We've Seen That Podcast, we're talking about the magical world of Encanto. I'm Scott. And I'm Jim. the music we are back and by we i mean me and jim how long has it been since it's been the jim and scott show here it's entirely possible it's been since like episode one it's been a long time because you know most of the time i'm the one that's missing so um we we got a text from anthony i i don't know were you confused by this text as well because uh, like it was four in the morning and we got we got a text from Anthony that said, "Hey guys, sorry about this. Dad and I weren't sure if we were gonna be able to go musky fishing, but we are. It's opening day today, so we are leaving pretty early this morning. I won't make it today. So it sounds like a decision was made at four a.m. I didn't even see that. Yeah, like it. Like if you look at the timestamp, Anthony was up at four a.m. to go catch some fucking muskies. So hopefully, there are no good decisions to be made at four in the morning. So see, this is the thing about." outdoorsy people jim that i just cannot get on board with like if any activity involves me getting up at like 3 30 i am out without a doubt come on you're telling me you never got up that early for public accounting i, I actually did i oh gosh that that's that is really sad jimmer really sad dude but, in the final year it was like bed at midnight up at four to work oh, that damn job they didn't know what they had they didn't know what they had that's that's the answer there but anyway we'll give anthony a pass i i have to considering i missed about you know 16 of the last 20 so um, yeah and to go spend time out in the water with your dad i mean you can't fault someone for nah, that you know nah. but anyway um i hope you have your coffee this morning and he's probably in bed by now so Hope you caught a few, but um, anyway, let's get into the show today. Uh, for our what we're watching, I'm. It's the same thing for me. We we've just been watching uh, Designated Survivor, but I I have a more of a PSA. Um, I'm watching my back because Jim, I don't know what happened, but yesterday, worst back pain of my life. I don't know. I have no idea. It just was sore, and I think I think it means I'm getting old. I think well, that's... when you're done carrying around the weight of everyone at your old job, you know, that immediate release of weight, you know, really provides for some stress. Oh, man. To anyone who's listening from my old job, you know what he means. Uh, very accurate. Um, but no, th- so that hit. And then yesterday, uh, Cassie and I had a, a, a surprise birthday party for a friend, and she decided to point out like three gray hairs that I had, which, I mean... I, it's it's kind of like about time that that happened, but um, I'm almost 28 here and I'm starting to feel it. So I guess I'm watching my back and, you know, just stretching more. That's going to be a thing now. Um, so, yeah, I really didn't watch anything besides that. Uh, so I'm going to kick it to you, Jimmer. Yeah, and I didn't watch too terribly much of anything. Angie and I last night tried to watch E.T. This movie has... A large amount of nostalgia bias from people. We couldn't even finish it. We thought it, it was so bad. I don't think it's a very good film. I, yes, I mean, it gets a one out of ten for me just be, simply because I couldn't finish it. <laughs> um, you know, we had to shut it off. It, it wasn't yeah. any good. You know, I mean, Spielberg has done some amazing things like E.T. is a creature. Super cool. Um, but the vast majority of that movie, nothing fucking no, happened. And, and like... And it's somehow two hours long. <laughs> and, and and I think the reality is, like, obviously we're so far past, you know, CGI or, or like, what an alien looks like now that that movie certainly would not hold up. You know, like, that's part of the problem. But also there's no plot. Like, that's a huge problem. And and you hear people... Everything interesting happens in the last I, half I would hour. be curious if, like, you did a poll... Um, of people who have seen et in like the last 10 years i bet it's a lot lower percentage than you think because nobody's just sitting around like let's go watch et you know it, it's just 
But I mean, it's also pe- so many people consider it to be a fucking classic. Too, I, yeah, know? I think I think that we've seen that podcast can firmly take the stance that this is not a classic. I, I mean, I think we are the pulse of the nation, so we can do that. Um, so sorry, Spielberg, but you're out. You're off. Yeah, yet another yeah. stinker. <laughs> another stinker. <laughs> All right. I mean, he did that dumbass West Side Story that I couldn't stand. I don't know. I mean, Anthony watched it. Too that was long, newer. But was that newer or older? The that was uh, nominated for best oh, wow. picture this That's year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I I did not get around to that one yet. So, um, okay. It's not worth All your right. Time, <laughs> okay. And what else, Jim? You got one other thing here. Um, I also finished up True Blood with Angie. Um, I had said last week that the final season had taken a significant dip in quality, and the f- finale of the entire show was so laughably bad it almost couldn't oh. be finished. But we actually did oh, make man, it see, through there's that. Not, there, um, there's so many shows that just deflate the sales in the end, and it's so disappointing. Like it, it's almost like you can see the the production just f- losing steam throughout. Yeah, definitely in this in this final season. Like the the last two episodes were damn near like a two part finale, and the little like B plot they have gone that makes it need that extra additional fun finale episode was really just not super, yeah. you know, thrilling. Yeah. Well, well, it sounds like you're on to bigger and brighter things now. So, um, yeah, we just gotta find a new show to watch. Which is well, the hey, uh, I hmm, what would I suggest? Cobra Kai. <laughs> We'll talk about it in a bit. <laughs> and there it is. It's the high porn, and oh man, is it a big one today? Uh, Jim, Jim shot me over the the outline like he does, and uh, why don't you just rip through, Jim? You you go for it. Okay, so the first thing, and unfortunately, I forgot to put a link on here for this, is that Disney Plus has dropped a Chippendale trailer. <laughs> Um, that'll be coming out May 20th. This is a show for, um, Disney Plus. I mean, it looks cute, you know, it's animated, it's fun. What's that to like? So, uh, Chippendale remind because, like, when you put this on here, Jim, I was like, why is a male strip show, um, going on Disney Plus? Because I thought you were talking about Chippendales. Um, so what, remind me, this, is this Alvin and the Chipmunks? It is not Alvin and the Chipmunks. That is a Universal property, oh. not Disney. Um, I'm gonna hold it up to okay, my camera, yep, just yep. so you can see Chippendale. So it appears that they do like the CGI. Oh fuck! And then it, of course, goes away. No, it's that's okay. This is is part of the show. But they're the little uh, chipmunks, yeah. right? But it is nothing to do with okay. Chippendales. All right, that's that's a good start. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Two okay. And this. You know, they're they're also sometimes called the Rescue, Rescue Rangers, Rangers, I believe. Okay. That's like a classic uh, Chip and okay. Dale movie. Right. Well, hey, I mean, you know, that's just Disney capitalizing on... Yeah, but they're doing the, like, mixing animation with real-world stuff again, which could yeah, be interesting. Yeah, I might be on board for that. I might be on board for that. Next thing, A Quiet Place will get a spinoff that takes you back to day one of the... I don't know what the hell the monsters are called. I'm not sure they're ever you, given a name. But the monsters, when they show up, that's where the spinoff didn't, movie's Didn't you... Go. Have you seen the second one? So I didn't we already kind of get this? In a way? They got some flashback okay. of this... Of um the family with the deaf daughter. You know, Krasinski yeah, and Blunt's yeah, yep. family. But I think the spinoff is not going to focus on that family. Okay, because like the hard thing about this second one is I I think I need to watch it again because this was one where I got a little bit rowdy and had like six beers before the movie and like blinked twice and it was over. So this I I don't really remember much from the second one at all. Like I I want to say it's on oh. Peacock and I think you can watch it with a uh, like just a free membership. Oh, that's big time. But I don't have I got the premium because I'm a I'm a king password stealer here. So no no com- no no commercials <laughs> for me, uh, but that yeah I got I really got to go back to that one because I like legitimately don't remember much, so. Yeah, I thought the second one was still good, but not as good as the first. I think that I think the um, second one got absurdly high reviews. I mean, again, like I don't remember much from the film, but it didn't knock my socks off. Yeah, I know um, you and Anthony both gave that an 8 on the yep. pod. Um, I'm not sure I ever gave a score on the pod, but 
I know I was in a similar boat. I thought okay. it was fine. Okay. All right. Next piece, Jimmer. Mission Impossible 7 is going to be titled Dead Reckoning Part 1. That is due to us in July for- on July 14 of 2023. And Part 2 of that is supposed to come out June 28 of 24. So next two years, two more Mission Impossible so you, so movies. <laughs> we're on number 7 right now? Yeah, so this will be 7 part one and then eight will be seven part two like that is absurd to me i i believe it though actually because like mi3 came out i feel like almost 10 years ago now it's been a while like they're just known for obscenely good action which is cool and tom cruise doing his yeah. own stunts but has mission impossible overstated yes. its welcome I'm, i I, think so. I like they're in they're entertaining movies but they're like you know they're nothing special. They're all almost guaranteed like six to sevens out of tens. They're they're not gonna, you know, there's not gonna be a good plot. That's almost yeah. The story is not what takes correct, you into the correct. For it's this like one. it's like Fast and the Furious essentially, but a little bit better. Fast and Furious is the <laughs> yeah, worst. a little bit better. A little bit better. <laughs> Next thing we have is Jennifer Gray is returning to work on a Dirty Dancing Son of sequel. A gun. Why a, Why on earth? Just continue sequeling movies that no one cared to have sequeled, especially after uh, Havana Nights. Yeah, because there was, you know, it was not nearly as good. There was a sequel, right? Um, I believe it was a prequel, I thought. But like, this is something nobody asked for, right? I mean, like, you know, the original movie is a classic for sure. So like, what are we doing here? And Swayze's dead. So like. Yeah, my opinion is the more they do this, you know, the more they kind of tarnish those classic movies. I really wish you would, would just you stop, would think honestly. Jennifer Grey and and maybe I don't know, maybe it's because like she gets to be the star of the show in this one. Um, but you would think she'd be like, gosh, I don't know on this one, y'all. Like this, uh, this seems to be a little over because like who's gonna be Patrick Swayze? Like who's going to play that role, or is it just gonna be a continuation of? jennifer gray's life you know like that god only well, like knows. what are we what are we hoping for here she learned how to dance now is she gonna teach other people how to dance or like what yeah maybe she goes back to kellerman's and she's the teacher i just now? don't understand i don't know you know we'll see where they go with it i'll probably watch it because cassie loves uh dirty dancing so we're probably in on this one yeah and i don't see anything on um imdb yet for it so we don't have a synopsis okay. all right um, next thing we got, Ana de Armas will star in a John Wick spinoff titled Ooh, Ballerina. This, this is this this is interesting. I uh, I think I'm on board on this one. I and I think Ooh. I disagree because I think John Wick three was aggressively okay. mediocre compared to the okay. first two. Like the action was still good, you know, all the fucking headshots, yep. you know, that you could yep. ever want. But the story was getting away from them. It was not as interesting anymore. As, um, so. I guess, does a three-movie franchise really need a spinoff? Well, I, or should they just work Ana de Armas into John Wick 4, since they are I guess that? I guess I don't know. Like, you look at uh, you look at Hollywood now, and it truly is just, let's just make shit up. You know, we're going to talk about one coming up here that I, you know, I actually am somewhat interested in, because it's, uh, it's going to be different. But, like, I... It, it, remind me here. I've only seen the first John Wick. Ana de Armas is in all of these movies. I don't even think she's in the okay. first one. She, she, she's in the second and third. Someone's gonna come after me in the comments, but <laughs> I'm not sure she's in the second. Just one. the third. I haven't watched them in forever. Okay. <laughs> the, the 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 comment clan is coming after us, huh? Yeah, I'm taking a quick spin through John Wick 2's IMDb, and I am not seeing Ana de Okay, so this may be just completely separate from the story. Was she in number three? Looking now. Look at this. this... Because Halle Berry definitely was. She was in the first or the second? She was only in three. I gotta watch these. I gotta watch. Because... Again... A very quick spin through the cast. I'm not seeing wow. Ana de Armas, so I don't truly know what they're gonna do to tie this back and, and, in. You know, it's not like she's had any sort of interest. And that's why I'm kind of interested in it is because, like, is she going to have the kind of same concept um, and just start going off on people and and seeing it from the female 
What, some Russian mobsters are going to kill her dog? Dude, I'm all for it to see the female perspective for sure. Like, it, it would be it would be very interesting. You know, because, like, Ocean's 8, that was kind of the similar concept. And it was a pretty fucking good movie. So, we'll see where they go with it. Let, 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 let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. As, I think... I think what annoys me the most is this is 100% they're slapping someone else's brand name onto a movie they had intended to make with Ana de Armas anyways. That is what this Yeah, and especially calling it Ballerina. Um, that's, uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Let's let's give it a shot. Now you're not, that 90s show update, everyone, other than Hyde, so Topher Grace, Laura Prepon, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, and Wilmer Valderrama will all come back for that 90s show on Netflix. As well as Kurtwood Smith and Deborah And Joe we're Buck. no hide due to yeah yeah because he had child porn. Yeah, charges, we're gonna we're gonna leave him off there. Let's that's a great idea. Um, but that's interesting. I guess I, man, we're just in a hype horn of unnecessary shit right now. Like, why do we need this? It it's gonna be over the top. It's gonna be over the. T- I think I think it's gonna be yeah. bad. But, like, the ending of that 70s show wasn't good either. So, I mean, I'll watch yeah. that TV. I don't know how funny it'll be. You know, I think it'll be a little more relevant to us because we grew up yep. in the 90s. You know, which is where it's going to be set now. Whereas, you know, that 70s show came out in the 90s, even though it was set in the 70s. Yeah. You know, so that it really appealed to people. Our well, parents and age. here's the tough one, you know, like, is this going to be them all grown up? essentially oh i see this is guest appearances which is which would be good because like one of the things that slightly bothers me about the show is like how ditzy they play mila kunis's character so i would love for like the all grown-up version of them to be like yeah she's like more successful than all of you guys or i don't know that'd be pretty sweet i think i think what they're gonna have a tough time with is if if topher grace is gonna be one of the main characters um I am wondering how they're going to rope him back in because, like, when he wanted to quit to go do Spider-Man, uh, the people who were making that 70s show were not kind in how they wrote him off. They were pretty pissed that he was leaving and, the show. I mean, I'm a big Topher. And because he kind of spelled doom for the show by leaving, you know, that's why it got canceled. And I'm a big seemed. Topher fan here, so we'll, we'll give that one a shot, too, I guess. Next thing, a little bit of Doctor Strange news. Um... Revealed in the newest Doctor Strange trailer, a Captain Britain shield is thrown on screen. So it appears that you need to be caught up on what if um, in order to be ready for this movie, seeing as there's both a Doctor Strange episode and a Captain Britain episode, um, based upon what AJ has told me from when he went and saw uh, Doctor Strange yesterday. You also need to be fully caught up on wandavision and have a really strong understanding of everything doctor strange has done in Here's the mcu the thing, okay like i'm a nerd for sure um without a doubt i can't keep up with this kind of stuff man like i i'm trying but i just can't do it because i can't watch every freaking disney plus show i watched wandavision but like man oh man i feel so there's only so many hours i know it's day. like in the new spider-man movie there was the big reveal of daredevil and i was just kind of sitting there like i wish i could be hyped about this but i don't really care you know like there which that show is on netflix or on disney plus now excuse me do i need to be caught up on this new show that's out too or no which new show moon knight yeah i don't believe so but it seems as though that will have ramifications elsewhere do you think this is a sustainable plan that that you know marvel is following here because like here is what I'll say about it. If there's one thing that they've really gotten down is that these movies feel like fucking comic yeah, books. Sure. You know, because when I was really in the heat of like collecting comic books, you know, there are 10 fucking issues that you need to read in order to read every new yep. one that comes yep. out, you know, because Batman went and visited Green Lantern, you know, and they had a conversation that now matters for the newest Batman comic and all kinds of yeah. other bullshit, yep. you know. And it always all culminates to these big events, which is like what Infinity War and Endgame were. And so you need to have read a hundred different issues of a comic before you can finally get into this new uh, and happening event. Because you're right, like in a comic book, uh, you know, a superhero is not just going to stay put and chill in his city and stay in his own world or her own world. You know, it's, 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 
it's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I guess that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I, do I think it's sustainable? No, because that is the reason why I no longer buy brand new comic books. I just buy collected editions in hardcover yeah. format yep. when they are done with them. You know, because it got too expensive. And if you want to talk about like trying to go see all of these in the theater and pay for your Disney Plus subscription, that's true. That's true. It gets fucking pricey. Next piece of hype: there is a new Jackass series coming to man, oh Paramount. Man. Plus. Okay, so is is this not? I, I take it it's the new crowd from uh, Jackass. And if it is, I'm in because these I people would assume are so. freaking psychos, man. Like of the new stunts that the I know. And, and, and am I right in saying good. like these new these new people that joined seem to have zero pain tolerance? Like they're insane. The 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 woman who got her tongue tased, holy shit! She just took it and was like, "I'm totally fine." And I like them working a few females into it too. You know, it's more interesting, yeah, and, less and of a true. boys' club. You know, well, well, that's Women what I was gonna say. Too. Is that's like that in that pain tolerance game, she was definitely the winner. Like they put the taser on her tongue, and she. And then they had was yes, it the same gal that was Scorpion Botox. In the like lip? she, she was awesome. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see where this one's gonna go because then they had the new um, pretty overweight man who just jumped into cacti. That was fucking crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> these people are nuts. I don't know, man. I'm I'm in. I'll probably watch it. Yeah, seeing as we still have Paramount Plus for at least oh, another six months, I'm gonna end up trying for it. the year. It is not a free trial. Angie and I prepaid for a year because we got a discount. I believe they give you a one-week trial. year run you? I don't even fucking remember. It was a little pricey compared to others, and they were promising that they were going to bring a new original movie every week in 2022, which I have not fucking (laughs) seen. (laughs) They got you. Yeah, they fucking screwed me. You know, because I was like, if they're going to bring me a brand new Paramount movie every week. I remember you you talking about this on an episode. It was probably about a year ago. And you were pretty hyped about it, and they fucking got you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty pissed right now, actually. Because the re- the remainder of their it's content almost has not, not been worth it's having a streaming not. service. In addition to the fact that, like, we were trying to watch Halo each week, and so we'd watch it on the day it came out, like, in the evening, so it's been out all fucking morning, and the app was so bogged down with people trying to watch that's, it, it wouldn't fucking work. That's so I just stopped watching Halo after three episodes. They can't handle too many viewers that that that's a sign they under pro well and disney plus had the yeah, same problem at I, launch, I guess but now I guess, they're uh, better. paramount just kind of over promise under delivered on you which that's that's life you know Fact. that's life <laughs> i get yeah, it. it just sticks in my craw that's for sure anyways next we have a second and final it seems kenobi trailer seeing as this yeah. is coming out on may 27th six episode limited series I, I continue uh, to be very you know, hyped about the end this of this trailer. I probably should have been like, "Oh Jesus," but I was like, "Let's go!" I'm very excited. I what when Vader was getting suited up, and I guess that's all fine and dandy, but I don't understand why they're showing that to us again, seeing as well, he got suited it, up at the end of isn't episode this three? after episode three or no? Okay, so exactly. So why do we need to see? Is this like the first time he's getting suited up again? Because they were also twisting on his arm. So I, I, I'm a little confused why that's super thrilling. You know, I mean, yep. getting more Vader, that is what's exciting. But, I mean, the suit-up Cause, scene... Because we... I mean, when anymore, when I you guess. watched... Uh, what, what was the movie where we got to see Vader again? Um, Rogue One. Yeah, I mean, you Rogue want... One. You want Anakin right after, you know, Padme has been killed. Like, you want to see that vengeance and and it and yeah see him you go don't really the rage, get that in a himself. new hope you don't really get that in i mean you get it a little in empire strikes back well new hope is right. set so 20 or 30 between, years later i mean if they're gonna add in another obi-wan and vader fight i think i'm here for it i don't know like i i i'm here for it yeah and i guess i'm not sure um if we'll ever get that in the show seeing as again it's only six episodes the pacing of some of the Star Wars shows has been questionable at best. I do think this is going to end up being better than Book of Boba Fett, which 
in the end, I felt like was really garbage. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest problem here, again, is you have a lot of lore that not necessarily all of us are caught up on because I've never watched any of the animated shows. Yeah. And lots of these characters running around Chase and Obi-Wan are from Rebels, Clone Wars, and other such properties. We know this, I'm sure. Um, so I'm sure he's psyched about it. But actually in the group chat, I want to say he was kind of, was he cautiously optimistic a little bit? I, I think that's the right term. Adam? Yeah. 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 Well, um, either way, you know, I, you, you love seeing Ewan McGregor. So let's, let's see, let's, let's see how this one plays out and over, uh, give me the odds, Jim on hello there. Are we going to get that line in this show? Is that probably coming? I would say I'm gonna there get... is a 20% chance. It'll happen. Like right there. That's enough for me to tune in right there. So, all right. Uh, now the next thing we got is, this is... a trailer for Al or weird, uh, weird, weird. the al yankovic story. And, and this is daniel radcliffe um jim had this trailer in here and i was like as weird al i think i'm i think i'm very interested in this movie um i like biopics i really i'm 100 in yeah i really like biopics and i think that um you know weird al did a lot for music in the parody game and and it was the uh it's pretty clean parody too, as far as I can remember. Yeah, it, I mean, it was pretty much clean humor. Yeah, there was nothing that I would think would not be played on right, radio. Right. Right. So, so I'm very interested in this, and and I think Daniel Radcliffe is the perfect cast too. Um, it, right. I think what I'm most excited for is the fact that it is a biopic. It is a biopic of a parody mm-hmm. artist. So hopefully they parody the entire biopic genre. Yes. You know, and it's not just a straight form by. I have a feeling it will be. I, I think just from that trailer, I think you can expect that because when he opened the door, um, he, he, just watch the trailer, and and I think that's exactly where it's heading. Is is the way you just described it. So, um, definitely in on this. Definitely in. Second to last piece of hype, Cobra Kai season five will be coming Woo! to Netflix early this year in September five, as opposed to in December. And this is great. My birthday is September seven. Uh, I saw this tweet and sent it to uh, mine and Cassie's family's group chat because um, Cassie's mom and dad freaking love this show because they love the movies in the 80s. I-, I think in the 90s too. Actually, there were a couple in the 90s. But yeah, dude, um, I will say this. I watched the trailer. We are a little out of control with this show. I mean, we were out of control after like season three. Uh, but right now they're putting like karate dojos all over the state of California. And that's where I'm kind of like, wait a minute. Um, nobody's this interested in karate. Like it's good for discipline. I'm glad I did karate as a kid. It taught me a lot of stuff, but like, yes, because the discipline still shows in your personality today. Yeah, I kind of, uh, no, it actually really doesn't. Um, heavy sarcasm. Okay. Um, but like, dude, this is like training young assassins it's, it's getting out of hand so uh we'll see i mean obviously we're getting daniel son's friend from okinawa uh so you know a little a little friend of mr miyagi's is coming back um but we're i don't know where this is heading i have no idea anymore it's it's it's, it's something it's something so we'll see we'll see but we got the last piece of hype here and this is why i'm upset now that anthony is not here and is off fishing instead a trailer for house of the dragon has dropped this is gonna be coming in i believe august i would have loved to rib anthony one more time about how he felt about the finale um but unfortunately we won't get to do that this episode so uh yeah august 21 is the expected release date it'll be 10 episodes long yeah i mean um i i don't know this trailer didn't really get me very hyped what do you what about you I don't think it was terribly thrilling. Let's hear the IMDb synopsis real quick. The story okay. of the House Targaryen set 200 years before the events of the ga- of Game of Thrones. So, I mean, it's not really given us anything. No. They're certainly using the same technology, it seems, for the dragons, you know, because you get to see them in the trailer, which is maybe the coolest part. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not 100% sure that this is going to be appointment viewing the way original Game of Thrones was. It's, uh... 
I think it could be neat, I guess is what I'll say, tentatively. Matt Smith's wig looks awful. This reeks of 7 out of 10 to me is what it reeks of. That's where I think it's going to end up. I'm not going to hate it. I'm not going to love it. That's, I think, where this one's going to end up. So uh, on the Obi-Wan side, I think there's... Yeah, I'm there for that. There's more of a ceiling for sure in the Obi-Wan side. But on this one, I don't... I, I The ceiling is low is, is the way I would look at it. But we'll see. I mean, I'll give it a shot. You know, I obviously we went through... We went through season eight, so we might as well fucking go to the shot. Yeah, I think they're going to need to pull out lots of stops early, yep. which I think is going to hurt them because then it'll only dip from there. Yep. yep. So we'll see uh, how it goes, I guess. Yeah. All right. That is a very long high point. It makes up for it, though, because we missed last week, I want to say. So good good for us. Good for Jim. Yeah, the every other week... Um, Allows us to bunch up some of these high porns, uh, talk about more trailers than just say one. And I, and I think, too, the plus of that is if it actually is true hype, it will stick around for a week, too. So that that's a fact. Let's, let's, it's still worth talking about a week later. We'll, we'll, we'll save the slot for in case of emergency news, but I think, you know, we'll have that eventually. But um, let's get into Encanto because, uh, you know, obviously we changed... We change gear for episode around 86, correct? Is that is that? Yes. We are on 86 today. So going from American Psycho to Encanto was a, a much different uh, change of pace. But Jim, let's start with the IMDb synopsis here and let's get into it. So rated PG and on Disney Plus, Encanto is about a Colombian teenage girl who has to face the frustration of being the only member of her family without magical powers. Yeah. Um, I guess that, yeah, that's a pretty good synopsis. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong get, there. It doesn't get into the it, real heart of the familial issues. It's not even just that she doesn't have powers. Yeah, and I want to get into a couple of things first before we get into the review. Because, like, I think when I talk about this movie, the what comes off as more important than the actual plot itself, which in my opinion, Jim, this plot is not very good. There's hardly I'm, I'm gonna, nothing going on. Yeah, what what I think is important and very cool that this movie does is um, the directors uh, and, and and remind me here who the directors are. Uh, it's it's Jared Bush, Brian Howard, and Therese Castro Smith were all, all the directors. They spent quite a bit of time in um, a couple of cities in Colombia to kind of immerse themselves in in the culture here. Um, those two cities were Bogota and Cartagena. Um, and I think with, with, with what's very important in this movie is the Colombian culture is, is, is very unique. Um, all, all the people look, look very different. Um, and, and I think what, what this movie did so well was it really immersed yourself in that culture because Brian Howard and Jaron Bush and also Lynn manuel Miranda, they all spent a ton of time in Colombia learning this and, I believe there was an actual like tourist guide that kind of said this is what you know the characters should look like. So, as for you know, hopefully it was pretty damn authentic to the Colombian culture and and to the Hispanic culture as well. So like the costumes, the the colors, the vibrant you know beauty in it. I think that was a big pro of this movie. Um, you know, especially for any Colombian children that are watching this movie, it's like, you know, hey, that's my culture. So that's a pretty cool and unique thing that this movie did very well, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd um, agree. It feels very authentic. The music yeah. has thematic elements of um, Colombian or South American Hispanic music. You know, I think Correct. that comes Correct. directly from LMM as well as, you know, from other writers that assisted Uh, But it feels very real in terms of like uh, the culture from what we know of it. And and actually, um, a madrigal uh, is terms is actually when when voices sing over each other. So when we get to talking about we don't talk about Bruno, that song is is a madrigal. And actually, you get that quite a bit in a lot of the songs of this movie. Um, That to me is its other pro. is the the lead in this movie so jim are you a brooklyn 99 fan i'm not but i know it's the cranky gal it, Stephanie okay Beatrice. so like what's so awesome about her being the star here i'm a i'm a huge brooklyn 99 fan and and stephanie beatrice she she plays such a hard 
exterior, you know, badass female cop. Like, that. that's what she is. She never shows emotion, and when she does, it's pretty funny. Like, so I believe that they said um, in, in the IMDb trivia here, she actually was going to play, um, I, I think it's Louisa, the one who has the super strength. Is that right? Um, or, or am I wrong? Louisa does have the super okay, strength. Okay, so she actually, like, auditioned for that role. And and Jim, what song do you think she sang in her role? If you Surface Pressure? No. She sang um, You're Welcome from Moana. Uh, so she, so, <laughs> so... And they and they loved her, and and I think that's what's so awesome about her as a lead role here is like she she wasn't even trying for no, it. and she I mean her range is real here, and and one thing that I also read on the IMDb database here is that she actually is like a hardcore Disney freak, like she's a huge huge Disney fan. So um, I think it's just really cool. Like if you are a Brooklyn Nine Nine fan. I think you're kind of blown away and then you realize like, oh yeah, these people aren't, you know, what their character is on a show. Like, she's got some real talent. Um, I believe she sang a couple of her own songs in this and was very good. What I do want to see though from her at this point is I'd like to see her do a character similar to this, you know, very happy Mm -hmm. for the most part, you know. Or just not her hard-ass self from uh, the other movie. Brooklyn uh, From Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, in live action because I mean that's totally different than a voice acting and role. I think that both difficult for different and, reasons and that's where I think she's typecast is in real life um, that that role in Brooklyn Nine-Nine you're definitely somewhat typecast I, I think of a similar scenario is uh, Andy Bernard in The Office like he he's very typecast because of how extreme of a character he plays uh who's not in Brooklyn 99 is Andy Samberg because he just plays a ridiculous human in almost every role uh but we saw it in one of the movies we did from Hulu that Andy Samberg has a little bit of range too so i i think yeah it, Palm Springs we watched yeah so i think this is just i really think it was just cool that this was a oh wow you know when i found out that it was Rosa from Brooklyn 99 um but the other pro, I think, I enjoyed the music, uh, and and Cassandra has has me kind of on the side of the pressure song may be better than we don't talk about Bruno is. I don't think there's any may about it. I mean, it's definitely better. That, we don't talk about Bruno. They they weren't even going to put it forward for like Oscar contention, and then when it blew up online and on TikTok, that's when they put put it forward. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the the pressure song because. I think what's so unique about it, and we'll talk about the total Encanto here, is essentially this family, which was uh, created by Abuela Elma. Um, One one quick thing, let's talk about this. Do we think, Jim, that this mirrors um, the Thousand Year War from uh, in Colombia? Is that what is is happening in the beginning here or is this just a random you know their city got attacked you know abuela that wouldn't surprise me if it was yeah. related to that yep. to be honest i was unaware of that history yep. so i i can't say one way or the other it would add more to the authenticity of the movie for sure uh, and and that, which wouldn't surprise me if they legitimately did their research on well that. and and i believe the the thousand year war i think it wiped out like 2.5 percent of Colombia's population so it was a pretty it was a pretty brutal war and, and it would make sense to kind of explain why her city got attacked um but then essentially like i believe abuela elma's husband so i guess th- that would be grandpa elma uh he he was killed or taken away i i don't really i believe he was killed okay so then she kind of like had this spell cast over her and her family that created this magical house and gave them all magical powers um yeah and it created like this valley that they live in that is protected from what we're assuming is the thousand years war and and correct me if i'm wrong but does encanto mean a wonderful place is that is that the encanto means enchantment enchantment okay so so that makes more sense actually than a wonderful place but um that's the, the the plot is every kid eventually gets their powers and um you know the whole town kind of thrives on their powers and the town is 
together because of their powers, but the plot of this movie is cracks are hitting this house and their powers are slipping. But my question is, from the Pressure song, what I think was so great about that is it seemed like Louisa, I don't think she was showing cracks because of, you know, this, she's losing her powers. I think showing a side of the mental health of like being a superhero. And, and so when she's like talking about the pressure that she has, I think it's just a very unique song where you're like, I wonder what, you know, people with powers feel like they obviously feel a large weight of the burden of like this entire town. You know, it, I, I really enjoyed this song. Right. And I think, I'm not sure that necessarily means uh, related to people who have superpowers necessarily more so just, you know, uh, her role of the three siblings uh, between Isabella, Mirabelle and her. You know, she's the strong one, so she is always given yeah. more, quote-unquote, work to do. Whereas Isabella just makes flowers and does pretty things, you know, is kind yep. of how Mirabelle sees her. She's the perfect child. And Mirabelle is just kind of a helper. And oftentimes, based upon the plot of the movie, the rest of her family, yeah. including specifically her grandmother, Abuela Elma, uh, believes is just in the way, which is maybe the most insulting Yeah, and, and I, think, I think almost the the protagonist of this movie kind of is Abuela Elma a little bit because she expects... No, I hardcore disagree. She's the villain of the piece. Oh, there it is. So the, the, wait a minute. I, I meant to say antagonist. I screwed that up there. My bad. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah then I agree <laughs> Yes. Yes. Cause she, <laughs> she, I mean, she just expects so much of these kids and uh, you know, it, it, I, the, the whole, in addition to blaming both Bruno and Mirabelle for um, the gifts they have or don't have. Right. She's just a good person. That's that's what it is to me. I, I mean, the rest of them aren't bad. They're just all shoehorned into their roles and they're not able to get out of them because their powers only serve a specific purpose, it seems. Yeah, and, and I, like, like let's talk about Bruno for a second. Bruno kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even try to do that. Wow. Uh, Bruno is like kind of... He's excommunicated essentially from the family, which it turns out he's in the house the entire time, which I found to be... Yeah, he, like, ran away. I found that to be inherently ridiculous, just FYI. Like, I enjoyed the scenes where she was running through the house with Bruno, uh, but weird that he was just in the house the entire time. Uh, I, I guess he got excommunicated because he saw the cracks in the foundation of this family. And yeah, he saw that they were going to come and saw a vision because he can see the future. And this is, but this is where I think the plot is lame as fuck. Um, sorry, like I'm going to give this movie a higher score than what I'm about to do here. But the entire plot is essentially, let's figure out what Bruno's vision is. And Bruno's vision always leads back to, oh my gosh, like Mirabelle. And, and, uh, they think it's her hugging, um, gosh, man, I got to pull up the cast here. Isabella. And it turns out it's not, it's actually Abuela Elma. That's what fixes everything, is a hug to Abuela Alma. So, like, yes, we have a long way to go in the plot there, um, but basically what's going to fix the cracks in the foundation is forgiveness, I guess. And that's where I'm like, this movie kind of sucked. Yeah, it's Abuela Alma kind of understanding that Mirabelle is exactly who she's supposed to be. She's not some broken person for not having powers. And for Mirabelle to accept that Abuela Alma is just trying to look out for the family and that the way she believes that that's possible is by making sure that everyone has powers and that Mirabelle is right, the only right. one who um, doesn't. A couple, couple things there. Uh, let's, let's, let's ask this question first. Jim, what would your favorite superpower of all of these be? I'm going to be really lame and go with the super strength, I think. I'm a normie, though. I, 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 I want to be like Antonio and be able to talk to all the animals. I think that'd be fucking sweet. That so. is true, because I talk to my dog anyways, you know, to yeah. actually know what she's saying back would really be something. So I, I'm jealous of your pick now. Yeah, I I think that I think that that's the coolest one just because like, well, maybe it wouldn't be, though, because like would, when I talk to my cat, do you think I'd hear like you're a fucking piece of shit? You know, because you know, that's the way are, some cats are. Cats are sassy. So maybe I don't want that. Maybe that's a big burden. Um, But you know, at like, 
like I said from the beginning, the things that were going for this movie was you seem to be immersed into the world of Encanto, which was pretty sweet. Like, you kind of got a vibe of the town. Uh, everybody hates Bruno because he told the future and everything was correct, which I think that just shows us as a human race are kind of pieces of shit where we're like, oh, he told the future, let's ban him. Uh, you know, I don't know. that. Well, it seems as though as he ran away from home into the walls of the house because he felt that people were upset with him. I don't know that they ever told him to leave. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's a good point. It seemed to be his choice. He probably could have stayed. But um, the some of the more fun parts to me was, I think Antonio is like the cutest fucking um, on-screen animated character of all time. Uh, I think it's hilarious that he follows... Um, maribel into the like the dungeon of bruno and he's talking to the rats or talking to the leopard that he can't eat the rats i think that's pretty funny uh but yeah i i think just the plot kind of falls flat on its face especially for a um a pixar movie was this a pixar I believe it's straight Disney. The animation is similar to Pixar, but it is not Pixar. Okay. Like, I think that this plot is pretty... (laughs) They could have done better. I don't know. Like, it just wasn't a super emotional plot to me. It's emotional if you understand or have had family drama like this. Whereas, you know, luckily I haven't. So it doesn't hit very well for me. Sure. Like, I guess if you're considered, you know, the... uh, the one who doesn't fit in in the family certainly it could be a kind of special ending where it appears that maribel is accepted by abuela elma um but i I, other than that like there's just not a ton going on you know like i do find that the first say half of it is slightly boring there's not terribly much going on i mean there's some really good songs lots of the music does slap i think don't we don't talk about bruno's overrated but I mean, I can see why it's popular. It's very catchy. Yeah, I think the most annoying song by far is Family Madrigal. I thought that, like, of all the Disney songs I've ever heard, that might have been one of the most annoying to me. And that was right in the beginning. The Welcome to the Family Madrigal. Yeah, that's like, like the overarching tune of the entire movie. I didn't like that one. I don't know. I, I, loved, I loved, like, three or four songs in this movie. Um, well, and talk about, like, such an easy dialogue dump on all of the characters, you know? Yeah. Yep, and and the a, a good side plot I think is that um, Isabella, uh, I, I I think that's a really good side plot of how she's kind of the one who's expected to be perfect the entire movie, um, and she gets she's about to marry the you know man of her dreams as I put that in quotations. Jim can't see me because my camera's not working, but like she is like hey what if i don't want to marry this guy like that's clearly she's almost a a prisoner of her family because she doesn't want to marry this guy yeah because alma is kind of pushing her into it because they need a strong person around i, guess. I think uh I guess. in order to protect the family seeing as they do appear to be losing their powers yeah um, um and also to produce more children which is kind of a strange separate subplot you know it seems that you know they're trying to crank out kids you know so that they can get more powers even if they're not going to last very long which is a little bit weird a little bit of bad vibes on the family part there for sure thing um that happens in this and i i read this on the imdb i don't know what point in the movie it happens but they're talking about her marrying and, and what is the name of the fella here that she marries or is Mariano, Mariano so I think they she's always got these perfect you know flower headbands or whatever I think when that's mentioned a little uh a little white flower kind of pokes out of her head uh where it's kind of like different than everything else so you can tell that she's like not thrilled about it uh so that's a, a good little uh easter egg there and there's a ton of easter eggs in this movie I just don't have time to talk about but and partway through the movie, too, uh, she starts making cacti instead of flowers, which is her seeming to be more being herself now instead of yeah, just Yeah, and that's a, that's a big win, too. And that's a kind of the, a, an emotional side of this movie where it's like, yeah, it's okay to not be perfect all the time or, or not be what you're supposed to be perceived as. And she represents a great 
plot of that. Um, but then it turns out the end with super strength hearing. Uh, oh man, I am failing with the names today. Um, is it Peppa that has uh, the? Uh, I don't want to be wrong, hearing? but I can't tell by looking at the IMDb. I got to write this stuff down more often. I want to say it is Peppa. It, it that sounds right, but I don't know for sure. Let's go with that. We're gonna go with it's Peppa. Um, I'm pretty sure that's right. So she, uh, in the song of "We Don't Talk About Bruno," says. He told me the man of my dreams would be just out of reach. And it turns out that that is um, Luisa's or uh, Isabella's lover. So, yeah, she ends up marrying him, I think. Or at least we're going to say they start dating. I have no idea. Um, Yeah, he like proposes to her at the end of the movie and she tells him to like just fucking slow down. Oh, really? I didn't catch that. Yes. I like that. That's That's got Frozen vibes to it, too, where it's like, you know, hey, we just met, like, yesterday. Let's calm down. Yeah, let's <laughs> chill out. Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, you know, and this is something I talked about, too, is obviously Disney is at least making an attempt to be more progressive, but... As Jim pointed out to me, they could certainly try harder in other areas, too. Um, yeah, and so what I need to circle back with you on is we were talking a little bit about the Don't Say Gay bill and how they were given uh, money to politicians who pushed that bill forward. And talking with AJ again, who is even more of a Disney expert than me, I wouldn't even call myself an expert so much as a fan, but apparently Disney gives money to all political parties in Florida because they operate a theme park in Florida, so they have to support everyone. Okay. And so the article I had read about them putting money behind people who were pushing forward Don't Say Gay was poorly written because it doesn't show the whole story. They support both sides of the aisle. They don't really give a shit just because they need to grease whatever wheels they legally can. Yeah, so basically... Um, I mean, so it, it it looked worse than it truly was. I mean, that's obviously still bad. Like, I mean, that is what is going to continue our world down the path that it is on, is if we just continue to be like, ah, yeah, we'll just keep the money flowing to everybody um that's money is one of the biggest factors into the way that laws are written to me you know i it so let's that's a tough one though you know like obviously it's a horrific bill um and and i really hope that you know they can find a way to take a stand disney would want to be on the side of pro-human um but well and it seems as though um they did take a stand aj and i talked about this as well again um they came out and said like hey we don't support this you guys need to repeal it or get it off the books and so what um desantis and the conservatives in florida did is disney owns apparently 40 square miles of florida that they operate as their own county oh you know they set the laws in that area they run fire department health services all of it um it's called Reedy Creek Inc., I believe, or Reedy Creek District. Okay. It's a sub of Disney that they control. You know, they make the rules on putting up new buildings and fire code and all that shit. And so now um, what Florida has done is they've revoked or repealed the law that allows them to operate that district to spite them over saying that they need to get rid of Don't Say Gay. Wow. Um, so Disney bit the hand that fed them to one degree or another and now they're getting screwed a little bit but uh the one thing to know about this is disney had put a bond out there or reedy creek inc had put a bond out there in order to expand their properties Uh that was bought by disney and so this debt needs to be paid um Uh like from disney to disney but now it's going to be assumed by the counties that are gonna assume the disney property in florida which are orange and osceola counties and so now all of these taxpayers are having to pick up debts that Disney had put on their own books because they're not going to be paid off by the time in June 2023 when all of this goes into effect. So their property taxes are going to go through the roof in order to pay it off. Yikes. Okay, so there was some huge ramifications from from taking a stand on this, apparently. Which... Absolutely massive. I mean, but their taking a stand was just to say, like, hey, we're not cool with what you guys are doing. Which... You know I mean? How much I mean, more could they really do? Corporations don't vote, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think just when when you're on the side of, of Team Human, um, things like this surprise you, but I guess they really shouldn't because this is the world we fucking live in, man. Um, and, 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 you know, good on Disney for 
trying to take a stand, I guess. I mean, they probably could have done more, who knows, but look at the results of what happens when you go against the bad boys. Um, and Yeah, one thing I will say is, like, corporate Disney is out to make money. They are not out to be on anyone's side. You know, all they want True. is your hard-earned cash. Yep. What I will say is that the people making the movies, you know, the creators, directors, whatnot, yes. and, you know, actors may have more sincere yeah. motives for being inclusive people or have making inclusive movies. For sure. I think that is an important distinction to make between corporate and then the actual creators. Yeah, absolutely. And, and props to the creators for, you know, for, from the outsider perspective of me, who is not nearly educated enough on everything that he should be, it seems like they made a very genuine attempt at immersing themselves in the Colombian culture here. Um, so let's get into scores. Um, I think this is a this is right between a 7 and an 8 for me, so I actually landed on a 7 because I couldn't push it to an 8. And the 7 is strictly due to the visualization and the music. Nothing to do with the plot. Um, the plot to me was just not not very i don't know it just didn't move me very much i guess um but stephanie beatriz what a what a uh a new way that i'm going to look at her as an actress like she's incredible um i'm glad that she was able to land a role like this and kind of expand maybe what people think of her as an actress so um i think this is a a, a very solid seven out of ten cassandra gave it an eight i would just like to say so. I gave it an eight as well. Um, I I really do enjoy this movie. Yeah, mostly just to like look at it. The music is pretty good. Um, the plot doesn't hit as hard for me. You know, again, it just doesn't. Uh, I don't come from a terribly large family with a bunch of siblings or aunts and uncles, so I mean, it's just kind of there. Um, I understand why it hits so hard for so many people, but again, just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, and. To finish that too, um, if you actually haven't looked into the Don't Say Gay Bill, I would very much encourage you to research what is happening with that. Just I, I think that we have a very small platform here. Obviously, I don't, well, 70,000, of course, uh, that are listening, but read up on it uh, and just kind of educate yourself on what's happening in the world. Because I didn't until uh, someone told me to, who actually told me to recommend this movie, which uh, her name is Megan. So thank you for. Um, yeah, it's uh, this is a this was a an all right movie is what I'll say, Jimmer, an all right movie. So that is a wrap on Encanto in episode eighty six of the We've Seen That podcast. What are we watching next, Jim? I've got two things on deck for us. So eighty seven will be the Nice Guys, okay. which is streaming on Hulu. Uh, Gosling and Russell Crowe. Okay. Oh, yes, I have seen this, and it was fun, if I recall. So, yes. And then number 88, we will do Walk the Line, which is on Prime. And that is that Johnny Cash? Correct. Okay. <laughs> we have a lot to unpack about Johnny Cash as well, so uh, that, that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, these are two first-time watches for me. Uh, no one was here with other suggestions, so I made unilateral decisions. Yeah, all right. I, I like me. it. <laughs> I've certainly done that move as well. And obviously we have sitting on the books here, number 100 will be Lord of the Rings, The Two of Towers. And I would look, like to announce, I think we're going to have multiple guests on this one, but we will have AJ on the show for said episode because I texted him and I said, you're in for episode 100. And he said, let's fucking go. So I guess that that means he's in as well. So... Yeah, he's wanted to be on for a Lord of the Rings one in forever. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to confirm it, but I'm assuming we're going to try to get Adam on that pod too and just make it a fucking humdinger of an episode. So I, I think... If Adam's on, we'll have to do trivia too. Oh! And I know AJ is good at trivia, so we'll see how that goes. Man, that episode is going to be wild. Looking forward to it. Um, but anyway, that was... So that was the 86th episode of the We've Seen That podcast, and... And you know what? I'm going to read it off for you, Jim, because you can follow us on Twitter at the weave underscore scene underscore that. Like us on Facebook or email us at the scene that podcast at gmail.com. That's S-C-E-N-E, that podcast at gmail.com. And please email and make recommendations to what you heard in the episode and say, hey, this is what I thought of that. Because like, I think that the best part about these these movies is seeing what someone else saw that I didn't get to see. 
And if you tweet us and tell us why Scott's 10 rating for a movie is not a 10, you'll definitely get a shout out on the pod. Absolutely. You know, like the, the interaction is key. So um, we're, we're more than prone to feedback and please give us feedback because we need it. Because at the end of the day, we are three guys who aren't nearly as smart as the rest of the world is. So That's a um, fact. But anyway, anyway, thanks again for listening to the 86th episode of the We've Seen That Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Jim. And roll credits.